This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. How are you? How's everything been going? Congratulations on winning that Thank competition. You. I had, um, after, uh, what was her name again? I'm so sorry. I met when we met. She was uh, Alexia. Alexia. When she emailed me the stuff, I went and did it. And then I, you could see kind of like where you were like in second. And I was like, oh, yeah. inshallah, like she gets it. And then I saw you post and I was like, oh, that's so exciting. I was so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know I, we seriously appreciate like all of your support. We, we needed every single vote. We were so close. So Yeah, it was a very yeah. tight race. So can you, we're just going to like jump right in. Can you tell us um, just a little bit about yourself, like personal background, especially because one of the things that, you know, obviously I was really surprised to learn when when we we when we spoke is like the background that you have um to go into skincare and then yeah just like the background of Flora Noor and of course talking about you know what's coming up of course okay so um my background is in chemistry so I actually went to college for um actually pharmacy uh to be a pharmacist so I, I went to college um majored in chemistry uh pre-med with a pharmacy concentration um, and then actually afterwards um, I was interning at Walgreens um, as a pharmacist um, because you have to do like your um, internship credits and all of that um, and actually our pharmacy manager he said to me like Jordan I I feel like your personality like you're gonna end up hating this like you're gonna end up hating sitting behind this counter for the rest of your life similar to the way that I feel and I would love for you to talk to my wife about like what she's doing in pharmaceuticals it was like I would love to do that I had no idea that your wife was like um in like the drug pharmaceutical aspect of pharma um whereas we're obviously in the you know consumer aspect of pharma um so I was like sure I'd love to talk to her um and then at the time she worked for Allergan and we headed off. She was like, okay, I have this position for you. And so in the beginning stages of my career, I worked as um, a research chemist. And then I moved on to um, pharma, but also medical device consulting. But I think most of my um, experience or love for what I did was when I was working with pharmaceutical skincare for the likes of like Botox and SkinCeuticals. Um, and I mean, I love to see, you know, patients build efficacious results because a lot of times with those, um, products, you'll see results, right? Like instantly with like Botox and things like that. Um, and then of course, like skinceuticals actives take like a certain amount of time to work. So you might see from like two weeks to maybe even 12 weeks to see results, but you will see results with those products. Um, and so I just thought to myself, like, at the time I was just using skincare. I was using any kind of skincare that I liked. Um, But I did realize that none of these products um, were halal. They they weren't vegan, they weren't cruelty-free, they weren't any of these things. Um, And I did feel bad about it. I feel like a lot of us have 
on that before, like we use skincare and we, we either act like um, we don't know what is in the ingredients or we won't look at the ingredients. And so we'll be like, yeah. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, I, I was feeling terrible about it. And I was just like, you know what? I can create something like this, obviously with like my knowledge, like I'm, I'm the expert at all of this. I'm the one who is like educating the dermatologists, the estheticians and the doctors about, you know, the mechanism of action of these different ingredients and formulations. So I can do this. I can, you know, create and formulate, you know, conscious skincare that everybody can feel proud to use. Because I think the big thing for me was that I didn't feel proud to use what I was using. I truly did feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. And I actually felt bad that I was talking to and educating people about skincare that I couldn't even use really like in good conscience. Um, and then also telling them to use it as well. And so um, I decided, let's do this. And I, I, to be honest with you, I found it very, very strange that there were not any other, you know, halal certified skincare brands that were actually based in the US. Now, of course, there are some that exist that, you know, we can purchase on Amazon or elsewhere, but they're not based in the US. Um, the rest of the world is way ahead of us here. Um, and also a lot of them contain like bleaching and whitening ingredients mm -hmm. that I don't want to use. <laughs> and I know like, you know, some people that's what they're looking to do, but I really wanna like encourage our melanin that we have, um, be proud of that. And I wanna be able to tackle our skin concerns. Um, without having to you know have bleach or whiten any of our skin as well and so um that is why and how I created Laura and Lure. I love that I think um you know we had talked I think last time uh in our, our our last conversation we were talking about that bleaching aspect because you had mentioned that different parts of the world have um halal certified halal certified skincare um, are those Muslim owned? Are they like in Muslim countries? Because I know that there's there's this really trendy thing that's been happening forever in like the Middle East and like the like Desi community um, where, you know, the bleaching aspect is almost like the primary thing that people look for in skincare is like, is it going mm -hmm. to lie in my skin? And this is different than, you know, dealing with hyperpigmentation or like scars. This is like literal skin bleaching for the face and body to yeah. reduce, like you said, melanin and to basically, and it's, it's again, it's, it, it, there's, we can really go into like the European beauty standards that was like influenced mm -hmm. there and whatnot, but there is, I'm, I'm assuming there's halal certified because it, there's Muslim, you know, majority countries, mm -hmm. or I think you had also mentioned the UK, but is there a, a big market that exists that removes itself from you know, that kind of toxic. Yeah, so for um, halal certified products that have bleaching ingredients, this is actually very popular um, all over Asia, Africa and the Middle East. And specifically in my experience, because I have family in Egypt, I have had a very, very difficult time not finding skincare um, that doesn't have some sort of like bleaching or whitening ingredients. Um, and it's interesting because people are wanting these bleaching and whitening ingredients that, you know, from my point of view would not even be considered like dark in complexion, mm -hmm. but because of these European beauty standards, 
a lot of people um, in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia, you know, this is what they want to, you know, accomplish or what they, they, yeah. yeah. And so I, even though obviously our, our main concern right now is we're based in the U.S. is to make sure that the people here have access to halal certified skincare because we just truly don't. Um, but we are truly like a global and international brand. And it's also very important to me that, you know, people in Africa, the Middle East and Asia also are able to use products um, that don't have to whiten our skin because a product can be halal certified and still have whitening ingredients. Um, and it's interesting kind of, you know, being halal certified, a lot of people think, oh, if it's vegan, it's halal, if it's cruelty-free, then it's halal, but uh, not necessarily, for example, like beeswax, we can use beeswax, like beeswax is halal, no issue, um, but cruelty, it's not cruelty-free. So these things, um, though some things are similar, they're not the same. And so it is important that everybody does realize that they're not the same. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean that we should be using it. Um, but in terms of like the whitening and bleaching ingredients, I have already, you know, received orders from Turkey, from Mali, um, from Dubai, from people ordering products from us internationally. Um, and their reasoning was they love the clean ingredients and that they didn't contain whitening ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really hoping that globally we can really move away from the whole bleaching aspect of skincare, but I know that it will take a long time and it, it's just something that's kind of just been, yeah, you know, it needs a culture culturally shift. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about the, the vegan and cruelty-free because when I, I had shared online, you know, to get some questions and that was like a common thing. I think two or three people asked was, well, if I'm buying vegan and cruelty-free technically isn't that halal. So I get that, you know, um, if you use beeswax, then it's not vegan. But if, if I have a product and it says vegan, cruelty-free and clean, cause I know that there's a lot more transparency now with what goes into skincare and even makeup. When you go to um, like a beauty store, Sephora, Ulta, they have like their clean lines. And then, you know, we have the little um, like icons on the labels that allow yeah. us to know what's vegan, what's cruelty-free. So if I buy something that's vegan, cruelty-free, is that not technically halal? I know it's not halal certified, but what would be the thing that you would need to have in order for it to be halal certified beyond that? So um, ethyl alcohol, so even though it's clean, it can still contain ethyl alcohols. Um, and also the packaging and the materials cannot be sourced um, in a halal manner. Uh, I think the big thing is just that alcohol component to it. Any ingredients that contain ethyl alcohol, so a lot of extracts, we shouldn't be using. Um, and we, I mean, we can't use. Um, and you'll see... Um, a lot of like extracts, especially like fruit extracts um, and ingredients in which the process to create those, they had to use ethyl alcohol. Um, and so it's to be halal, you cannot do that. And so though it is more difficult um, to make sure that your products are halal, it is completely worth it because if you think about it, nobody wants products that have alcohol and um, truly whether they're Muslim or not because alcohol is very very drying for your skin 
so though it may be easier um, in the process to um, create that, you know, extracts that we have in our products, not in ours, but in others, um, it's, it's not halal. So we do have a harder time um, formulating and sourcing ingredients, but it is definitely worth it in the end because uh, just beyond being halal, it's also just not overall great for your skin in terms of like the drying aspect. Um, and then also, though a product may be vegan, some of the packaging and materials may not be vegan. Mm -hmm. And so that's another aspect to it. We have to make sure that all of our uh, products are also conscious of the environment in totality. Um, and also with collagen, right? Uh, so a lot of people are applying in products collagen topically to their face, um, whereas if that is coming from, if that collagen is coming from an animal or a human, that is not halal. So what we do is we add ingredients to our formulations that encourage and increase collagen production um, that, that are not actually like collagen from an animal or a human, um, as that has actually been proven not to be effective anyway, because um, topically, collagen from a human or animal would not effectively penetrate in our skin due to the size. Um, but yet that is still uh, huge marketing wise for many consumers. They like to hear that they're applying collagen like topically to their face. Um, so we do not do that. Instead, we try to, you know, increase um, collagen production because that is, you know, not halal to do so it the other way the the animal piece is that just like with specific types of animals that would because I'm super uneducated by the way on a lot of this I think the most education I got was when we talked but is it is it like specific like for example is it if like pig uh material or um ingredients derived from a pig or is it any animal or and is even human like I don't know I don't know this yeah stuff. this is actually really interesting so um obviously when it comes to like consuming like eating right like our thing everybody knows is like you don't eat pork um but skincare wise um no animals whatsoever so except for right certain insects like beeswax like that is okay um and obviously a lot of people know like honey is very important uh not only culturally but um there have like skincare. been many yeah so Skincare is different than consuming like eating meat um, as it goes beyond pork, just for any animals in general. If any of your animals, if any of your ingredients are animal derived, you cannot use them on your skin. I, I didn't know that. Yes. Interesting. I feel like after <laughs> this, I'm just going to be Googling and, and, and reading on all of this. I didn't know. And also blood, blood as well. So you cannot use skincare um, that does have blood whether it's animal blood or human blood so wait, um, like prp but you'd be so surprised like <laughs> some people might be listening to this and i'd be like that's weird why would you be using blood anyway but that's very very common for um like even in skincare treatments like people are using yeah like when they, when they draw your blood and draw the plasma and i know it's been used for like your hair like hair loss it's used on skin so is that technically not halal I've, I've honestly like I've never it is it is not allowed to use animal or human blood 
um, topically skincare, cosmetic wise at all. Okay. By the way, just uh, a side note, are you wearing AirPods? I am. Okay. Anytime you uh, touch the hijab, it kind of mutes you. Oh really? So, I'm yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, it, it's fine. <laughs> it, it's it's it was like very subtle, but just wanted to let you know so you could just be more cautious, okay. conscious about it. Um, interesting. Now I'm really thinking about how ignorance is bliss because I, <laughs> I've considered doing that. I know when, where I go to like my esthetician, and um, she's always trying to talk me into doing that. And I like I'm interested in it. I don't know if like plasma is different than like actual blood, but. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is if it's yours. If it's yours, I'm not sure if it's not okay yeah. or not. Um, but it's not allowed to use other human um, or animal blood. If it's okay. your own blood, that might be a different story. Okay, um, we'll definitely have to can... look into that. Yeah, <laughs> um, because you know, and again, like with everything, you know, people can go online and and ask their whoever they need to ask or look into things, but. Um, when you talked about the difference between the vegan cruelty free, does cruelty free is that just animal testing or does that include because we talked about um, like packaging and sourcing and even like labor when you talk about a halal business and I talked about this. Oh man, I don't remember was it last year. We were talking. I I, I was it was a solo episode. I was talking to myself, but um, about halal business because you know when we think halal business, we think okay, you you have a business that doesn't sell alcohol, that doesn't sell mm-hmm. pork that doesn't, uh, you know, you utilize interest in its, you know, uh, business model. But then I was talking about like, well, what about beyond that? Like just the ethical piece of, you know, paying people, you know, livable wages. And uh, we have obviously in the US, we have a lot of labor laws, or at least in California, I know we do, but um, how you treat your employees and making sure that you're not like, you know, short selling them, or you're not taking advantage of them. And to me as a Muslim, like if I had my own business, I would be conscious of that. So how does that play into like your business and how you envisioned, you know, being a halal certified company? Well, we are a small team um, and we're a startup. So, um, you know, we don't have a lot of money, uh, (laughs) like huge salaries to give our employees quite yet until we um, complete like funding and fundraising. Um, But actually our small team consists of family. So it actually consists of my cousins, my sister-in-law. So it is truly um, currently solely basically a family business. Oh, that's amazing. But are you, are you having to find that like, you know, you're not looking necessarily for the cheapest way to source, you know, whatever you need in order like to, to, to manufacture or produce, but that you're trying to be more ethical about, you know, your practice? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I would say, probably one of the most important things for us is like where we're sourcing the ingredients, how we're sourcing them. Um, As even for like halal certification, it goes down to literally the sourcing, what, where, and who of the exact ingredients. Um, So for a lot of skincare brands, right, they're using ingredients, they have no idea where they're coming from, um, but they were able to, you know, buy them from a large company or corporation. They really don't need to know like the minuscule details of everything. Um, but for us, we do, it's extremely important, especially being like halal certified. Um, and so we try to source ingredients, um, that are completely made ethically. Um, and actually most of our ingredients are actually 
homegrown made actually um in the u.s oh wow so yeah and of course we do use um some ingredients that are sourced um internationally um which we're really proud of um because it's also a part of our um our cultural aspect i guess you could say of our brand for example like with our rose renewal collection um our main hero ingredient um that everybody is obsessed with is the egyptian rose petals and those are actually sourced in egypt um and obviously that's really important to us right because we have family in Egypt and you know that's just that's probably I think like maybe I think no that's definitely like a fan favorite collection um and people like to see like the real Egyptian rose petals like floating in their toner it's absolutely gorgeous um but yes we make sure that all of our ingredients are sourced ethically um and that we know where they're sourced from we can go to where they're sourced from and so for every single ingredient that we have in our formulations we're able to actually go physically see it um see the practice and how it's done um and be able to feel proud and good about it um i i recorded an episode last week which by the time this drops that episode would have dropped it was supposed to drop today but i think it'll probably it'll go out in the next couple of days um and it was with a friend of mine who started a business and it is um one it well has different kind of there there's a lot to the story but it is artisan goods like um I don't know if you, you like the incense the frankincense and and we call bahur and that yeah. we she's sourcing from Yemen um that is handmade by women in Yemen as well as like all the tools that you would need for it and so she's really trying to keep alive like the handmade artisan goods um, mm-hmm. from Yemeni people because a lot of things now are being outsourced to like China and being mass produced and really taking away from I think the um, beautiful work that goes into handmade items and her whole like even her packaging and it, it's all an experience right but you can see that there was a lot of thought that went into it and when you talk to her about her products similar to what you were saying like you know where these things come from mm-hmm. And as a producer, you can you can talk about who 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 made it or where did it come from or or you know what does that process look like in harvesting it or you know uh, processing or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we get lost in the mass production part of you know being a consumer, fast fashion, um, obviously like skincare, any type of products that we use. Because we're just looking for one, something that's probably cheap and quick. Um, but what difficulties, what difficulties have you faced in your business being and putting in the extra effort to make sure that you have like a clean line and a line that's sourced ethically, as opposed to if you were just to, I don't know, get cheap ingredients or get ingredients through a yeah. third party, like what difficulties did you, did you face there? Honestly, I would say cost and time. Um, It is very costly to source ingredients, um, unfortunately, in the most ethical manner. um, And that's why people are doing so cheaply. It is also very costly um, to have um, environmentally, you know, conscious and good for the environment or less harmful for the environment um, packaging that's reusable and recyclable that we do have. Um, It's more expensive. And it's more time consuming to be able to source and find these different ingredients 
and materials to do so. Um, so I would just say the time that it takes to do it um, and the cost that it takes to do it. But as like a business owner, you have to prioritize and make decisions as like what is important to you. For example, you know, like a lot of brands are not able to sell in China because China has certain rules where um, all cosmetics products or all skincare products need to be, you know, tested by animals. Mm -hmm. um, and so though we are an international and global brand and would, you know, love to sell everywhere, right? You have to just make certain decisions like what is most important to you? Um, and what's most important to us is truly that we are consciously creating products that everyone can use and the consciously creating is very, very important. And so that does take more money, which is hard as a you know startup and a newer business um, because we don't have the same funding as everybody else. Um, but it's very, very important to us. So I would say cost and time. And what about the cost or cost and time associated with educating people? Because I feel like you are competing with super accessible, super cheap, you know, the quick stuff. Um, and I'll, like, you know, the ones that you go to a store and you just see like so much of it, right? And these are like really huge companies that usually are, are often like owned by the really big companies, right? Like Procter and Gamble and whatever else is out there. But how do you get people to one, listen, right? Mm -hmm. Learn about this, this new, I wouldn't say it's a new practice, but like an unfamiliar practice of being halal certified. Because I mean, at one point, no one knew what cruelty free or vegan was. And then yeah. PETA and like, you know, people raised awareness. And suddenly people were like, I feel a little, I feel a little bad about, you know, purchasing these things when I see what they're doing to animals. But that takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And like you said, you're only one small business and there's not a lot of halal businesses here. So how do you do that to make sure that like you can thrive and live and that you have customers because why, I don't mean to say this in, in, a, in, a, in a negative tone, but like, how do you convince someone like, don't buy that, but buy from us, you know? Yeah, honestly, it's very, very difficult. But I think um, the same way that like K-beauty, Korean beauty, like emerge with a force here um, is very similar to what we're trying to do. And it's important for us to, educate everybody that you know though this is a requirement for Muslims it's absolutely beneficial for everybody because I think it's time that we actually start moving beyond vegan and cruelty free because now that's almost like a standard right like mm -hmm. retailers aren't really looking for brands that aren't vegan and cruelty free anymore that's almost like the standard um, and so we're beyond that we're moving beyond that and we're trying to show that like also, inclusivity goes beyond skin complexions. Um, and for me, especially, I feel like I'm the first one to really understand that because it's hard for me to find products that, you know, really do target the skin concerns of those with melanin-rich skin. But then on top of that, I have to try to find also products that like are halal. So they're so <laughs> incredibly difficult for me alone. Um, and so I just think there's so many layers to what people can and cannot use that I think that 
our brand is amazing for everybody because every single person can feel proud to use our brand. We even have formulations that are kosher. And though we're not kosher certified, um, the goal is to be absolutely inclusive of everybody. Now, of course, right, selfishly, I tackled my needs first, right? I tackled <laughs> the vitamin C collection um, and it being able to address the concerns of melanin for skin. Of course, I addressed the need um, for halal skincare because that's specifically important to me, but the brand is absolutely inclusive of everyone. And so the educational component to it is to really just also teach people that though it is a need for us, it's amazing for you too, because our products don't contain alcohol, meaning that it's less drying for your skin. All of our products are sourced ethically. All of our products are made out of botanical innovation. So instead of salicylic acid, right, we use the natural variation, which is willow bark powder. We really truly do have in totality um, inclusive and high quality ingredients that every single person should want to use. And so I think the same way that, you know, everybody is using K-Beauty, whether they're Korean or not, right? Because we're like, that's so cool. I, I, I love, you know, like the cultural aspect, the benefits of all of these ingredients that we weren't really using here in the U.S. before. Um, and I think our products really tackle the same exact thing. And I'm hoping that we will in the future be the pioneers of Hillel Beauty in the U.S. Um, the same way, for example, like Glow Recipe is the pioneers of um, K-Beauty in the U.S. Um, and that, you know, people will start, you know, doing trends on TikTok or whatever, using our products as well. And that everyone will be like, yes, this is not a niche. This is, this benefits every single person. And I'm glad that, you know, I got on board and jumped upon the halal beauty train. So, yeah. And I think the, the idea of halal has become a lot more common in the U.S. I, I mean, it's common in other parts of the world, but we don't go to restaurants and find halal options for mm-hmm. meat. And it's, it's starting. I don't know about restaurants, unless it's like a Muslim-owned restaurant, but like, yeah. I know that I can go into um, like Costco now and they have halal options for people to purchase. So, you know, I, I, I think that there's definitely a trend moving forward. Um, if, if we showed people that there is a need, right? Like Mm -hmm. the way that capitalism works is if people say we need it, they will find a way to provide it. My only concern or question would be, or like, I, if this is a concern for you is when we talk about representation, which I think we saw this in the, the, you know, the, the modest fashion industry is we want to we want people to be inclusive right and we want to be represented as muslim women in 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 modest wear whether it's with hijab or without hijab but you know i like to support muslim owned businesses that you know uh, cater to our needs and then when you see large companies like um you know gap and macy's and actually well i think macy's like actually opened a collection that was like through a muslim owned uh brand but Nike, for example, creating the hijab and it in in one sense, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like now they're finally, I can buy Nike and it could be a hijab. But at the same time, it's like, why would I spend so much money Mm -hmm. to benefit a large corporation 
when there are small businesses and other Muslim owned brands mm-hmm. that have created it and it might not be as cool because it's not Nike. So yeah. do you worry about if, if this picks up, right, this halal trend and that it's more inclusive of like a lot of different things that these larger brands would start incorporating it and then ultimately, you know, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They would ultimately dominate in, in the skincare world. That's a really, really good question, actually. So um, at the end of the day, right, like my goal of all of this is to make halal skincare more inclusive and, I mean, more accessible to everyone, right? The goal is to make halal skincare more accessible to everyone. So if other brands want to incorporate halal skincare and do so, I welcome that because that means that we have more access to halal skincare and halal products. I think that, you know, we are one of the first to do it, to have actually like halal certified um, skincare based in the U.S. And I think our goal is to really just spread brand awareness so that, you know, people do know us as the pioneers of it. Um, And like I said, I am obsessed with Glow Recipe and I just love like their trajectory and their story. And now all of us know about K-Beauty, right? We know a ton of different K-Beauty brands, but I think like at the end of the day, I think most people, at least a lot of people know that the first kind of K-Beauty brand that they heard was Glow Recipe, or that's the maybe like the easiest name when they think of K-Beauty to come up with at the top of their head. And though there's other brands that are maybe larger and bigger, which there definitely are, um, and more accessible everywhere, right? Because Glow Recipe is exclusive to only Sephora. Um, I think globally, we know that Glow Recipe were the pioneers of such, um, at least in uh, making it a big thing in the U.S. And so we do hope to, you know, contribute the same, honestly. But at the end of the day, um, I'm not selfish in that I want to keep all of the, uh, you know, consumers of Halal Beauty to myself. I do want it to be more accessible to everyone. So my goal is as fast as possible, (laughs) get all of our products on the shelves, um, accessible to everyone. So everyone knows like, you know, we were here um, and then we don't get completely lost and maybe any of the brands taking it on. But I will say that, you know, a lot of larger brands and corporations right now are already using like Muslim influencers and um, models for skincare and cosmetics and not incorporating halal Uh, formulations in their catalog. I don't even think those models models and ambassadors or or people that they sponsor, I don't even think they know that halal certified (laughs) skincare is a thing. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't even know. Like I myself was or it still is. I don't know much about it. I think what you're saying is it's, you know, that speaks a lot to the type of person you are, which I think is amazing. But at the same time, I feel like as a Muslim woman myself, I would want to see like my fellow Muslim sister thriving. And I wouldn't want some company, like, of course, we want things to be accessible, but why can't we just build the person who is at the forefront of it up rather than because that's right. That's what happens. It's like, we can yeah. do something. And then these big companies with their money and their resources can like, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, CeraVe or any, any brand 
you know, right now yeah. it was like, I want to make halal. They could do it and, and turn around in like a few months, you know? And exactly. it's sad though the, that they could do that. And yeah, then that's great that as Muslims, we have halal products, but also as Muslims, we should want to support the Muslims already doing the work and not letting them get squashed. So it's not the easiest thing. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not like the best at this, but I do try to be intentional in the sense of like, you know, what's, if it's, if it's cheaper, what's a few more dollars. And, you know, obviously mm -hmm. maybe I come from a, that sounds a little privileged that I could say something like that, but also um, like at the very least you can share, you can educate, you can use your platforms to, you know, raise awareness about certain things, but I don't know. It would just be really sad that like after all this work that you would put into yeah. something, some big company is going to come and be like, well, we're catering to Muslims. Yeah. And when we do so, they're not, they're not um, excluding anyone. Right. And I think that's what you meant is like, you can have a halal certified and not, ex I mean, maybe you exclude the extreme vegans who don't want to use beeswax, but you don't really exclude <laughs> anyone because it's still cruelty yeah. free and it's still no animal product. So I just wanted to say that. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Yeah, I mean, actually, we so we don't use beeswax to be inclusive oh, okay. of everyone. Though we definitely can, right, and still As be halal certified. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't, we don't. I'm um, just be inclusive of everybody. But um, that is why, like you said, I think it's extremely important, right, that my own community, like our own community, like supports us and really makes our brand important and spreads brand awareness first. Um, and I think. I don't know. I feel like everybody says these things, right? You you eat at a restaurant, right? It may be like a type of um, restaurant from not where you're from, right? So let's say I went to like an Indian restaurant and you know that the Indian restaurant must be good because you've heard all of your Indian friends say that this Indian restaurant is really, really good. And so I think it's very, very important that as Muslims, like, we're supporting other Muslim brands and that we do have support from our community first um, and that we have a lot of support from our community first because other people who are not from our community will want to use our products and will want to say hey what's going on over there like why why are all of these people 
really into this brand. What's the secret? I want to use it too. And I know that it is a amazing halal beauty brand to use because I know all of the Muslims that I know are using it. And so I think the same thing like with other K-beauty brands too is that their communities were aligned and heavily supporting them first um, before the rest of the world jumped on the bandwagon. And so I think it's extremely important that your own community definitely supports you first because I think others will feel more confident in using the products as well. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's just like such an important piece to, I guess, that question and that thought, because I don't know, I've had, I I think it's a pretty contentious, um, like conversation, this whole idea of like representation, how much representation, because for years, we said, we want to see ourselves on these things. And now that we do, people are like, well, I don't need to, I don't need to see a Muslim or a hijabi on the front of a magazine to feel validated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought we did, <laughs> um, you know, to an, to an extent, like I, I remember when um, Halima was on the cover of, I think it was Allure, you know, I gave the magazine to my niece. She was super excited. Cause you know, I used to walk through Barnes and Noble or like the grocery store, see all of these magazines and all the girls were primarily Caucasian. Right. And mm-hmm. It was, you know, you just didn't see yourself, and now you do see it. But I get it. There, there is sometimes like an object, uh, an object, uh, an objectification of Muslim women nowadays, and it's almost like a high market because they know the Muslim fashion industry and like the way, like they know that we're consumers, like we're a big place to tap into. So I'm like, is it the intention there, or is it more like let's take advantage of this opportunity? Um, so it's it's a hit or miss. Like I don't. Yeah, and I think especially with beauty and makeup because I think they know that like Muslim influencers in my opinion dominate the beauty and makeup categories on TikTok Instagram etc they know that they know that whether they're Muslim or not they have everybody wanting to get advice beauty advice and cosmetics advice from us we're a strong community Exactly. And even it's funny, um, literally 15 minutes down the street, there's an Ulta store um, with um, a Muslim woman, of course, on the on the windows. Um, And she's black too. She looks like me. It looks like I just drove past myself. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, inshallah, soon we will be, you know, at Ulta. But for right now, I'm just like, it's just interesting because, you know, from from what I know, you know, Ulta yet does not have a huge, um, you know, halal beauty, yeah. you know, sector in the store. But it's just interesting that um, our faces are often used for diversity and inclusion a lot. Yeah, that's seen a lot in in companies that want to be diverse and inclusive. And I think there's like this image that um, describes it very well. But it's like I don't if you're if the if the bottom of your uh, you know, em- like your employees at the bottom are your most diverse. That's not what we mean by being inclusive. It needs to also be representative at the top. And so mm-hmm. when you have these brands who utilize Muslim models, it's also being inclusive of Muslim creators and, you know, like yourself who produce products that could actually be sold at those stores. So um, taking it, I think, an- to the next level. But it's, like I said, it's it's not an easy thing to at least for myself to wrap my my mind around it feel one way or the other I I I go into the comment section sometimes and I'm like 
that's a good point. You're right. And then I go down and I'm like, <laughs> actually, maybe not. <laughs> it's a back and forth, but, um, but can you walk us through your products? I know you have some pictures behind you. Um, and then oh, yeah. you mentioned something earlier that I thought was interesting. Cause again, I, I want to take opportunities to get educated, like your vitamin C and you were talking about, um, you were trying to produce something that like you could benefit from as a black woman, like what, what are some things that, um, women of color or black women of color are, I guess, having to look for, or aren't being accommodated for in the skincare industry? So I would say definitely hyperpigmentation, melasma, um, you know, and also this is, oh my goodness, this is truly a pain point is products that aren't, um, leaving like white casts mm -hmm. or sunscreen does that exactly and a lot of people don't realize like it goes beyond sunscreen there are so many moisturizers that you literally have to keep doing this for like 10 15 20 minutes to just like fully absorb into your skin um so it doesn't leave like um an ashy or a white cast look and so these are all difficulties um that I just feel like in general, women of darker complexions um, have to deal with. I would say, especially um, like after a breakout or acne, and then you're left with hyperpigmentation or dark spots. And a lot of times you'll hear um, women of darker complexion say like, I don't need sunscreen or I don't need to use sunscreen because of my melanin protects yeah. from the sun it's wild <laughs> crazy things and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I don't know like what this thing is that like clearly like people have been telling us for years but that's not true like we absolutely need sunscreen we need to apply it the same way everybody else applies it even and in the indoors. winter yeah and yes. I didn't know that I was guilty of that <laughs> I was like if there's and no sun there's no UV right <laughs> I know you're not the only one like I've been guilty before too um and then it's just like you learn along the way you know you learn along the way and I feel like now I think we should I think you should all know now that we all need sunscreen sunscreen benefits all of us and obviously there are different types of sunscreen from chemical to mineral um but I just think you know there's so many things that are lacking in formulations today that just people are not considering those of you know darker skin complexions they're like okay this formulation I tackled this this and this I don't care what it looks like on another person's skin because a lot of times um when they're you know doing like clinical evaluations and testing and trying things um on others the people that they're trying it on are are not diverse so they're not truly getting to see this is the outcome on people of darker complexions. This is what it looks like on people of darker complexions because they're not using like the samples and they're not clinically evaluating it on diverse populations. And even I've heard um, even non, you know, POC people of darker, com of, of non-dark complexions even talk about um, how in school, like in beauty and cosmetology school, they were not taught or learned anything about women of darker complexions. And then they get out of school and they have clients who are of darker complexions and they have no idea what to do because yeah. they're just like, oh, we didn't learn that. We didn't know that. No, 
that wasn't in our books, nobody addressed it. And so um, what we try to do um, selfishly, of course, because this is like the vitamin C collection is the second collection I created outside of the oatmeal and shea body butter and the sugar scrub that I created based on my son's eczema. And so this collection tackles hyperpigmentation, melasma, dark spots, anti-aging um, with vitamin C, niacinamide, licorice root, aloe, and other ingredients that really do work to protect against free radicals from the sun and decrease um, hyperpigmentation and inflammation. And so so you when you you're you're talking about like different lines did you come out originally like with one product first and are you building up yes so we are continuing to grow and build our uh catalog um our first products were the oatmeal and shea body butter and the shea sugar scrub those were the first two products we ever had um and those were actually inspired by my son's eczema therapy because my son has eczema he's three now um but I could not find products that were like truly clean and didn't have um, like glycerin that were, you know, pork derived or animal derived and all of these other different ingredients um, that I could use on him that would actually, you know, work. And of course I did find things that people would recommend that were natural and clean for eczema, um, but again, they didn't work. And so I decided to, create and formulate something on my own um, based upon my background and the knowledge that I had that would be efficacious in actually getting rid of his eczema. And obviously not permanently. Um, eczema is a chronic skin condition. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are flare-ups, um, but we do actively work to maintain it. And the oatmeal and shea body butter that I created finally did that. And so I, it's actually really funny. I get like emails and messages all the time from people, especially on Amazon, um, because on Amazon, that product just like runs out of stock a lot. It is one of our uh, most popular products on Amazon. It's actually an Amazon bestseller. And people will say, when is this going out of stock? Like, if you have any more, like in the warehouse, mm-hmm. I'll buy 10 of them right now because I'm getting a flare up and I need this. I'm mm-hmm. like, it just makes me feel so good that the products are, you know, really working for people to the point that they're like, I need to email them and make sure that I have everything that I need because it just, I don't know, it just puts a smile on my face to just see, you You're know, the results people. of, yeah. So, so beautiful thing. After that, then I created the vitamin C collection. I said, okay, we've tackled my son's issues. Now, selfishly, I'm going to tackle my own now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did that with the vitamin C collection. And basically I've formulated it with ingredients that all work together to make sure that, you know, with vitamin C, niacinamide, licorice root, aloe, that we're tackling the hyperpigmentation and inflammation. But a lot of times when you're using ingredients and when you're tackling these sorts of skin concerns, a lot of times your skin will also be dry. So you're like actively, you know, tackling something, but then there's another side effect to it where, you know, something's being left out. So for our bright side serum, it's formulated with vitamin C, but also hyaluronic acid, because I noticed, um, you know, working at Johnson Johnson Allergan, a lot of vitamin C products are very, very drying on the skin. 
And so I made sure to formulate it with hyaluronic acid, which is amazing at um, hydrating your, your skin. It's, it's really refreshing to hear someone talk about something and they actually know more, you know, about it than just because, you know, and, and nothing wrong with people who start businesses and stuff, but a lot of, especially like online influencers, you know, they just hire different people to do something. I think they have the creative idea behind it, but not necessarily uh, the expertise in, in the creation of it. Um, so what's, cause we're, we're going to close out and shortly. Um, and, and of course I'll give you an opportunity to, we can talk about anything else that you want to talk about, but what is coming in the future for Flora and Noor and what are you most excited about? Yeah. So I'm most excited about, um, launching two new products, which are our mother earth facial oil. Um, so we don't have a facial oil in our catalog yet. We have cleansers, toners, serums, moisturizers, and body products, but we don't yet have a facial oil. So I'm really excited for the Mother Earth facial oil. Um, And actually we plan on having um, like an exclusive uh, launch weekend event that I'd actually love you to come to because we plan on having it um, uh, in Joshua Tree, which I don't know how close you are, but if you're in California, it's definitely, you know, closer than where I am. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let me know. And then um, we're also excited about launching another um, body butter and scrub called, um... <laughs> sorry that I'm laughing, but I just really hope that you get it. It's called Acai You. And it oh, is a cute. Body I, I get scrub it. and body butter with That's acai. very cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that smells amazing. I, oh my gosh, it smells divine. I cannot even talk about it without laughing when I say the name because when I first like told my husband he was like nobody's gonna get that like I don't get that you had to tell it three times no it was super easy to get that's just (laughs) him (laughs) (laughs) thank you and then um we also plan at the end of the year all of our products are made in collections right and they also come in skincare subscriptions where everybody can uh, purchase a regimen or collection that you know matches their skincare goals and concerns and it'll get delivered to them every month and all of our products are in a collection except for one product which is our hydration station cleanser which has salicylic acid and msm to uh really tackle acne so it has aloe green tea shea salicylic acid and msm um, and it's really amazing for people who are struggling with acne um, but who also have sensitive skin and so a lot of times if you have acne it's very hard to find you know products that are also gentle on your skin but you know that can you know treat your acne and so we've created this cleanser that everybody loves um but it's not in a full collection yet so we will be having the um serum the toner and the moisturizer for it um launched by the end of the year I mean, best of luck, inshallah. That sounds amazing. And then what, what are your like long-term goals or what would you like to see or where would you like to see Flora and Noor? I would really love to see us at Target. I would really love to see us at Ulta, Sephora. Um, I really want to make sure that we're easily like accessible for everyone. Um, so even like drugstores, like Walgreens and CVS, I'd love to see some products there as well. Um, I think right now we're obviously you know, really tackling like e-commerce side of things. 
Um, but I wanna also make sure that we also do have a large and accessible retail footprint. And so that's really my, you know, goal right now is to make sure that we have, you know, fully scaled um, to, you know, be an accessible retail for everyone. And so currently right now, where can people find the products if they're interested? So people can find us on our website, florinnoor.com. Also Amazon, Beauty Bridge, Vera Shop, um, the Allure store, um, which is online, but also they have a physical retail store in Soho, New York. Um, and we are there. So you can um, shop from us there. They also, the Allure store also does like live shopping. So you can find us you can do you can find us like at live shopping events um and also uh recently we um just or i um did a pitch competition in which we will now be available at the girl boss marketplace so anybody who follows like the girl boss instagram or who's really familiar with that platform they also do have a online marketplace um with their you know favorite um brands and it's not just beauty they also have like fashion and home and office brands like lifestyle so many different stuff. things yeah. yeah um and so you can find us also on the girl boss marketplace as well and walmart.com oh yes of course and one how <laughs> yes and of course and you can find us on walmart.com i would say um it's so hard remember yeah you listed a lot of things (laughs) I would say probably I think most of our consumers shop from um, our website from Amazon from Beauty Bridge and uh, Walmart perfect Um, inshallah yes all too soon (laughs) yes I can't wait that would be I think such a huge leap right like i you know, Ulta, Sephora, or Target. Who doesn't love Target? Yeah. Target is and therapy. Then, <laughs> right? Especially like, you know, we already talked about how now Ulta is moving to yes. all of the Target stores. And it's already in some of the Target stores. For example, like my cousin, she lives in Maine, Minneapolis. 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 I don't know. We're going to leave that alone. Minneapolis. But she lives, yes. <laughs> Tongue twister. which is like the target headquarters Mm -hmm. and so the Ulta stores you know obviously already in those target stores and it's absolutely amazing it's right across from the Starbucks section so basically you'll get stuck in target for half a day um I just hear all the men weeping in the world (laughs) because their wives and and you know daughters or whoever is just going to be stuck you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah. Go to Target. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So to close off, I have a few questions before I do that. um, Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about or highlight? Um, I would just say, please follow us at uh, florinnoor.com on Instagram, our website, of course. um, And just, you know, be engaged, stay involved. Like, you know, because we are a startup, we have so many like new events new launches new things happening all of the time so there's so many interesting things that are going on with us so please follow us and stay in touch and then also on may 28th if you're in new york we have a huge event at the allure store um so i'd love for everybody to come it's from 12 to on may 28th 
great. And I will add the website link um, in your Instagram and social media as well in the show notes. Thank you so much. Of course. So I always end all of my podcasts with the same, pretty much the same questions to all of my guests because um, I feel like, uh, you know, there some of them are kind of deep, but not really. Uh, but obviously all of my guests or most of my guests are Muslim women. And I just, I love to, I guess, I love to show how more similar we are than, than different, regardless of our backgrounds and where we grew up or, you know, who we grew up with. Um, so, yeah. So first question is, what is the best advice you've received um, just in life or maybe in business? But what, what would you say is one of your best advices? And, you know, take your time. This is edited. So if you need a minute to like think about it, please. Actually, so. I immediately would say my mom always tells me like she always told me she still does like remind me all the time but like the worst thing that somebody can tell you is no and if they say no then nothing different happened you're still in the same place so you might as well just ask ask for what you want true Um, I love that and I think that has taken me a very very long way (laughs) um because I feel like definitely in this business you really just have to ask for what you want and the fear sometimes can really hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times you get like imposter syndrome where you feel like I don't belong in this space. I don't belong, you know, talking to these people. I, I feel, you know, but you belong there. You know, we belong wherever we want to be and wherever we feel like we belong and wherever we are, we deserve to be there. Yeah. And so... And if you don't I, I, feel like you belong, I always think if you feel like you're so different that you question your space in that in that area, it means that you need to be there even more, you know? I agree. So you you that's even more reason to be like, no, I'm going to force myself into the situation. Because the reason we feel that way oftentimes is because there isn't people like us in that space. And mm-hmm. you know, that's it's you know it's a whole problem in itself uh your favorite (laughs) quote you live by oh this is gonna be hard I know as soon as people ask me stuff like this it's like I draw a blank I'm like what's a quote I like (laughs) to be or not to be I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I honestly I cannot think of one right now I don't know we can either come back to it or we can skip that question what about book um I'm not much of a reader but is there a book or maybe it's a show it could be reality TV, whatever, but like, what's something that you've been consuming nowadays? Um, okay. I have two things. I have a book and I have a show. Okay. Okay. So my book is people might laugh at this, but my favorite book of all time is animal farm. Um, is that a children's it is, book? It actually sounds like a children's book, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's about animals and it's actually like, a philosophical and political book and it's so interesting because when you first read the book you might not get that initially and the more you read the more like the more further along you get you're like wow this is really deep like (laughs) and it's about animals it's so amazing it's so so amazing um so that's my that is my favorite book of, of all time and I actually read that book um in high school and I have not forgotten it or its messaging yet since. So if, if you're into like politics and philosophy, I am. You would so I'm gonna have to really, to really that. love that. Yeah. Um, I think it's written by George Orwell and I could be wrong, but I think it is. 
And then my favorite show right now, actually, let me pull it up. It's on, um, it's actually a Ramadan series right now. (laughs) It's a Ramadan series right now. And it's on on YouTube. um, It's not on YouTube. It's, um, oh, you know what? I was going to tell you one, but I'm going to tell you another one. You can watch it on Netflix. One series. So one one season of it is on Netflix, and then the rest of the seasons, if you want, um, like the English translation or Turkish translation or any other translation, um, then you will have to watch it on uh, Shahid. You know the app. Mm-hmm. You'll have to watch it on there. And it was originally a Ramadan series, but now they have one season on Netflix, and it's like I think it's six seasons, and it's so good. And it's called Oh, it's called El Heba. Oh, I started watching it. Ah, did you start watching it on Netflix or Shahid? On Netflix, but I'm barely on the, like, I, how, how far did I make it? The The girl went to her husband's family for the burial. She's been there for some time. Sticks out like a sore thumb, that type of thing, right? Is it the one where she's, I think she lived in the US or Canada and her husband yeah, yeah. passes away and she has to go back to Lebanon. Yeah. Lebanon, yeah. So it's, yeah. okay, so- this is the one that's on Netflix, right? You said? Yes. And for all of the other seasons, there's so many more seasons. You can watch them on the Shahid app. And like, it's all of the other seasons are actually so much better than the one on Netflix, even though the one on Netflix got me so addicted. I was like, I have to watch all of the other seasons. But the, all the other seasons go back to before everything that oh, happened on the Netflix season. So, okay. yeah. Well, I'll definitely look into it, but I, I was like a few episodes in and with Ramadan, I haven't had the time to like watch anything. So I'm going to have yeah. to, I'm going to have to pick that one back up. Um, yeah. What's your favorite self-care practice, routine, product? How do you practice self-care or what's your favorite go-to? I would say my favorite self-care activity is binge watching the show um, while giving myself, my daughter or my husband a facial. So nice. I, for all three I, or all three. Yeah. <laughs> One time we did all four with also my son who at the time was like two and that was a hot mess. Um, but it was, it was fun, but it was so messy afterwards. I was like, okay, we're never involving the two-year-old again. Yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be of age, whatever that age yeah. is, but he, he needs to get be of age. Um, and then, you know, when he like sliced the cucumbers, mm-hmm. he kept eating them. I'm Uh-oh. like, okay. Yeah, he doesn't get it. That's that's super cute. Um, and then the last thing is, if you could give your younger self advice, what would it be? Uh, don't be afraid to be where you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that like really aligns with all the other stuff we talked about, right? Like imposter syndrome, saying you know, asking, always asking, even if the you know what's the worst that they can say no. Then to like you know, like applying for jobs and, yeah. you know, interviewing for different things. It's like, sometimes you feel like, why did they ask me? Or why mm-hmm. do, do I truly like belong here? But it's like, no, you do. And, you know, you're, I don't know, just sometimes, I don't know, insecurities, you know? And I feel like a lot of times, like being a triple minority, there's so mm-hmm. many different spaces where I feel so uncomfortable <laughs> that I just have to just like, and it's like, do I feel uncomfortable because of myself or do I feel uncomfortable because of 
others like what is truly the reason that I feel uncomfortable and sometimes a lot of times yeah a lot of times it's both and a lot of times it's it's you like it could definitely like a lot of times I had about yeah yeah and it's overcoming that but I think it's it's a lot of unlearning that we have to do and the way we've been conditioned growing up or our experiences or us seeing other people that look like us experience things and so it really does impact how we feel about ourselves I think we internalize it a lot but like for me one of my biggest things that I struggled with was like public speaking and it it, I'm not talking about like on a stage in front of people which that terrified me as well but even just in class like if we're doing popcorn reading I'm like don't pick me don't pick me don't pick me you know like you're so scared to even and and you feel like so much attention is put on you no one is even paying attention the way that you think that they are you walk into a room most people aren't even looking at you but you feel like, you know, in the movies, like everyone just stops and everyone's eyes are on you and they're exact, like, it's not like that. And I've always wanted to be more outspoken, but I couldn't be. And so I had to learn, like you said, put myself in uncomfortable situations because I knew that in order to be a better public speaker or comfortable speaking to people I've never met before, or like now I have a podcast and I speak to people I've, you know, don't meet, <laughs> is I had to actually go through those uncomfortable moments where I did mess up. I did stutter. I used to sound, I, my voice would crack. I'd sound like I was crying. So many experiences that were very horrible. And I feel awful afterwards because I'm like, oh my God, like I never want to do that again. But with each experience, it built up a little bit more confidence and like mm-hmm. removed some of the fear. So I love that you mentioned that. So yeah, but thank you so much for, for taking your you know time out of your day. I, this was like super helpful for me. Um, to learn and um, obviously I wish you the best of luck um, with everything follow Flora and Noor online on Instagram social media so you can see what the latest updates are and I'll have all your information um, inshallah in the show notes so that people can easily access like where to buy and where to follow perfect thank you so much of course it was such a pleasure meeting you I know investors like you have a problem Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code free, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code free. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code free. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.